Gaming on the Frontier. this one geek to another it, as far as your field of work mm-hmm. do you have a really big list of fandoms and 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 whatnot in pop culture is it really big the one that you've had to research or is it relatively few times or you've actually had to go down that rabbit hole and say oh person of interest okay i'm gonna have to you know check that out a couple episodes on netflix to see what that's about you know the only thing I've had to really, really look at has been uh, Full Metal Alchemist. I didn't know about that. I mean, I knew what it was. I heard of it. Yeah. And I knew enough at that one time to say, oh, yeah, Full Metal Alchemist. That's awesome. Then, of course, as soon as they're gone, YouTube, what is this? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I no. It was an anime. No. That's really about it. Or Devil My, my Cry, daughter uh, was another my one. Daughter, yeah, my daughter helped create her anime club at our <laughs> high school. So... Yeah, I I kind of found out about it the hard way because my daughter would be sitting there watching on TV when she'd be here. I'm going, what is this? Oh, dad's full of Malcolm's all that. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so that was that was yeah. the major one that you had to really hunker down and find out about? That's one of the most major ones. One of the most recent, I actually, was it last night, called my son, my 30-year-old son, and said, hey, I know you're playing Animal Crossing, Tim. What's the big thing I need to know about Animal Crossing? <laughs> and he said, was it radishes or turnips? One of those. Turnips. <laughs> turnips. Turnips. I'm, 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 turnips. I'm sitting there on my feed going, why is, where, why is all this crap here about turnips? What the hell? And <laughs> so one of my gamers, Amber, I, 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 I brought it up and she's in my Sunday game. Oh, that's Animal Crossing. I'm like, oh, geez. Okay. Thank you. And uh, just. Okay, no, but so yeah. your your list of things that you have to get into to build rapport is relatively small. Okay, you have found your niche, sir, apparently, because this is if, if there are things, very few things you have to research to do your job, as I said, you have found well, your place in the world. Just, I'm doing the little hand cross side, yeah. It sounds to me like something you'd, you'd be like constantly having to go back to the source on. It's not only that. It's, you know, you don't need to have a super in-depth knowledge of it. For instance, I know Harry Potter was a wizard, and I know that uh, the guy who plays Father Brown was Weasley's dad. Um, <laughs> I know certain things about it just from reading other things. You know, you can get a lot of cross, a lot of crossover from a lot of different areas or even from like Saturday night live, they'll do certain things about it. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You just need enough. I don't need to know the entire story behind full metal alchemist. I need to know some character names and a basic plot. I can get that off IMDb. Right. So Hmm. I don't need to know the whole in-depth stuff unless I'm going to base a therapy session off of it. Got it. Like teaching us lesson about, you know, being more 
assertive with yourself. I can always say there are two kinds, three kinds of communication. There's aggressive, assertive, and passive. What kind do you think you use? And they'll look at me like, no, not do I what you speak of. Okay, a Yoda. Um, so I have to teach them using a different medium. If they know about Full Metal Alchemist and there's something in there that I can use, I will, I will research it. But for the most part, I don't really need to have a full in-depth knowledge. Most of my pop culture, besides watching it when I was a kid, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> if you want pop culture references that come fast and furious, Mystery Science Theater 3000 has it for everything, even for old movies, which isn't on this. But, you know, some of the old movies have, you know, they, they bring other movies into that movie to talk about it. And just having that knowledge, anything that you can use to connect with somebody. The geek therapy is amazing because everybody knows something. If I said to you, what would Batman do? Who doesn't know Batman? Right. Or if I said Superman or Spider-Man, they may not be the deepest connection. But, you know, like I said, with the Thanos snap, I say, do you know who Thanos is? And if they say, yeah. I got my hook right there. Yep. If they don't have anything about it, they look at me like, Thanos, wasn't that a Greek god that had to do something with time or something? <coughs> oh, crap. Okay, let's go to Greek mythology. <laughs> so it's just a yeah. matter, you know, that's where being a GM helps a lot. I've been a GM for 30-some years. Oh, no, you got to think on your player. feet when you're a GM. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. you. Yeah, and, and the sick thing is, Thank is that, you. again, me, me being autistic, you know, I, I, I've being a GM has helped me really to learn to how to think on my feet because we get in our patterns, we get in our routines, you know, autism and OCD kind of overlap in certain areas. So being a GM has really made me have to learn on the fly adaptability. And people are asking me, yeah. it's like, wait a minute, you're autistic yet. You, you aggress that right away. I said, and I just have to, you know, walk away, hold up a hand, 30 years of gaming, <laughs> 30 years of being a exactly. GM, 40 years of gaming. You know, and I and being able to, to change gears that quickly <clears> is, <throat> is just very vital. And, you know, a lot of, I don't want to say a lot, but there are therapists who will be solid in, in what they do with their certain modality. With something like this, I mean, it, you're basically a GM for the session of yeah. therapy. <laughs> you know, I got to get ready to do this. <clears throat> what I do is I'll, I'll mix in therapeutic things like the REBT, things like that. You know, whenever someone comes in and says to me, what modalities do you normally use? I'll say, well, I'll use DBT, CBT, REBT, R&B, just to see if they catch it. I'm like, R&B. Like, yeah, we'll play a little smooth jazz. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they'll realize that I'm not stuffed up and I'm not going to sit there and say, tell me why you never had a pony as a child, please. No, I want to be there and have them just have a conversation. If I can get the hook with, with geek therapy, with whether it be gaming, whether it be video games, anime, or whatever, that's just, that's just the icing on the cake. Sometimes it's the cake itself. I actually have to dig into that cake and pull out what they like. Oh, you're a Harry yeah. Potter fan. You know, that's where I got to watch them when they come in. If they're wearing the, you know, was it Sienna and yellow scarf with the house symbol on it? Oh, Harry Potter fan. Okay, let's get ready to get a good uh, hook for that. Yep. Or whatever, Indiana Jones hat, whatever they come in wearing, 
I need to be ready to hook into that. So a lot of it is when I watch them come in, if they have something, I can see right off the bat. Believe it or not, a lot of times I'll have people come in with a T-shirt on that says Dungeons and Dragons or Link or Mario. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's right. I mean, it's it's written out for me right there. So I can say, oh, you play Mario? And that lets me get in with them too. Oh, yeah. But it's not it's not just the hook. It's also, like I said, using it later on to help teach a lesson. If they learn well from Harry Potter, okay, well, Harry Potter was stuffed underneath the uh, stairwell for a while and then made good. How can I use that with this person? Okay. Or they, how, what did Harry Potter overcome that this person needs to overcome also? How can I make that so that they can see that they can do it as well? Poor Mario. Princess Peach isn't actually being abducted, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I got to ask, uh, Paul, how do you get your, uh, is, do you work through referrals? I mean, how do you, do you set up a little, little table at a convention and say mental health here? <laughs> <laughs> when I go to a gaming Oh, dear God, like, lo- like, like Lucy with the doctor is in. Yeah. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> yeah. the image I'm trying to promote. How, how do you get your patients? Um, well, to be honest, uh, right now, a lot of it is by mouth because I actually have quite a few folks in private practice, but psychology today, um, is one of the big places people can find me. I don't have anything on there yet about geek therapy because I want to wait till I finish my certification to actually say, ha, I've got it. But, uh, you know, people come to me or I'll have somebody in my office and I'll say, Hey, you know, I notice you like D and D. I'm thinking of doing this group that's going to meet once a week or so, and we're going to be working on this. It's, it's therapeutic D&D, not regular D&D. And like, oh, cool. Hey, can I bring this person? I think they might be good for it, too, because they have the same problem I have. Bring them. From that, they come see me, and we use a lot of the, the stuff in session that we used in game to talk about. But most of the time, it's just I get a, I get a phone call. Hey, so-and-so directed me to talk, talk to you. Okay, well, come on down. <laughs> so that's where I get a lot of my referrals is from other people, some from psychology today, but mostly word of mouth. Well, it's always been the best advertising, even in the days of even in these days of you know social media being everywhere. Still, word of mouth advertising is still the best. So exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll go to I'll go to uh, besides gaming conventions, I'll go there to game. But when I go to uh, like symposiums and, and things like that you know I'll, I'll give out cards i'll have flyers whatever hey if you think that your person can help with this or whatever i had somebody get a hold of me today matter of fact said hey this is your specialty not mine what advice can you give me so oh wow instead of taking their client i'll just give them the advice on how they can do it and let them do it themselves you spread the you know spread the knowledge i don't want to keep it to myself i want to spread the knowledge as much as i can well, no, so, this means you've already right. reached a level amidst your peers where they're coming to you for that. That's, yes. that's a big step for you professionally, I'm sure, that you are, that they're doing this. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, well, a lot of people, I'm sure, in the field are still going, yeah, this, I don't know, really. And then <laughs> you've got your peers coming to you because you're doing this. And you're now that, as we use the term here, that SME, that go-to guy. 
I yeah for for certain things yeah they'll they'll come to me. Sometimes they come to me because I know that I'm they, I, I'm outside the box, so they'll come to me and say, "Hey, what do you know about this?" And if I know, I'll tell them. Otherwise, I'll say, "Well, I can spell it, maybe." <laughs> and you know, if I need to, I'll say, "Well, give me a minute. I'll research it." Just like I'll research Full Metal Alchemist. You know, someone talked to me about reintegration therapy one time. I'm like, reintegration therapy. I've heard of it. Oh crap! Give me a second. Google. Yeah. My friend. <laughs> Pull up reintegration therapy, and if I can do it, great. If not, it's like, I I read about it on Google. That's really all I got. And they're like, okay, thanks. But yeah, folks will come to me and ask me because I know that I think outside the box. I'm not, you know, I I take care of things that most therapists don't know about. Uh, the LGBT community is one of my big spots. Uh, non-traditional family units, i.e., polyamory. I deal a lot with okay. uh, folks who are right. polyamorous. Uh, pagan folks. I have a lot right. of pagan clients. <laughs> um, and then military folks. But adding in the geek therapy, it's kind of like going to be applied to all of that. Oh yeah. You know, so, oh yeah. Oh no! In the Detroit, yeah, the the Detroit fandom community. I'm 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 up here in suburban Detroit. Oh no! Mm -hmm. The Detroit geek fandom community. You're hitting all four of them easily. I can't (laughs) turn and throw something without hitting anyone from the first three easily. And then you might get some who have had military service. But yeah, L L T G B Q pagan and polyamorous. A lot of them are all there. You know, you can throw and hit one person. They're all three. You know, just saying. But yeah, that. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, I used um, to go to Mass and or in uh, Sterling Heights myself. Oh jeez. Uh... <laughs> Sitting here in Westland, man. Come on, I come from Belleville. My family's from Down River. Okay, all right. There's our rapport. Uh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you're you're local to Trav, or you're talking history? No, I used to be there. I'm not there now. I'm in Colorado. Oh, okay, but no, no. Oh, oh, heck, he's okay. All right, yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I got to ask you do, you: do you know somebody by the name of Sean Fannin? Um, not off the top of my head. No, I could research it. <laughs> in, in the gaming community, he's considered uh, a oh, big yeah. voice. Uh, uh, and he, he used to be out here in the East and he moved out to Denver, Colorado some time ago. And, uh, on social media, he, he tends to, you know, uh, talk about getting his big, his big, oh yeah, big (laughs) Irish is his, his persona at local wrestling gigs out there in the audience. They know that's like his persona there. He's not in the ring, but he's been to enough of them where they know who big Irish is. Oh yeah. Oh no. Sean's wonderful. Yeah, Sean's a very nice person, and uh, he's really supportive of the gaming community, especially as you refer to as non-traditional marriages and relationships and stuff. And uh, he's uh, done a lot of work in uh, gaming in in the area of what's known as the Savage oh, World yeah. Game System. Oh yeah. Uh, if you're familiar with, uh, again, looking to see if 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 you if you go to a bunch of conventions out there, it seems to me likely that you'd run into him. Uh, but anyways, that's, it's okay. <laughs> Perfectly fine. If you don't know who he is, I may have, but I don't know. I, like I said, I, 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 know, I need a lot of people, yeah. so I don't know. Yeah. 
but both both Trav and I, you know, know him. So we're your uh, second degree of uh, of connection. Sixth degree to, to Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Right, except except for Sean Fan, and it it only takes like you know one, <laughs> you know, both Trav and I know him, so yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, um, okay, uh, so let me just ask you a more general question about uh, uh, psychotherapy or counseling, uh, and maybe I'm I'm conflating them together, but it seems to me that outside of uh, uh, well, outside of drug therapy, that's pretty much the whole counseling thing that you guys do is basically what I've heard as the talk therapy. Is this all part of that? It is. It is. I mean, it's there's a lot of different aspects to it. I mean, they have different modalities, like I said, like EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization reprocessing, uh, which is great for trauma and uh, uh, helping to fight off trauma and uh, PTSD. Um, then there's other ones. I'm drawing a complete blank. Uh, <laughs> uh, like play therapy, which is really good, or art therapy. To say you specialize in one, you, be, you do kind of become that go-to person. So as far as like gaming therapy, geek therapy or gaming therapy, or with the LGBT stuff, uh, you know, pagan stuff, folks will come to me and ask me questions like, hey, have you heard about this or what can you, what do you think I can do with this? And, you know, drug therapy is one thing. Psychopharmacology, that's, that's, that's a whole different object. Um, I have nothing against it. I think psychopharmacology can be great. Sometimes it's needed. Um, sometimes talk therapy is just not enough. You know, sitting there and talking about your problems and getting to the root of them. Gaming therapy can take it one step further because they get to, like I said, take themselves out of it, but still be in it. You know, they're letting their character take the brunt of the damage. They're letting their character uh, hit the pitfalls. They're letting their character make the mistakes where they don't have to. So it takes it a step further than just sitting down on the couch and telling me about your problems and I suggesting things I can do to help you. You know, let's do some deep breathing. Let's see about starting some journaling or... Let's talk about, um, you know, how this hurts you, and you can talk to my teddy bear. This, this takes it a step further than that, where they actually get to be more interactive. It's a good cross between individual therapy and group therapy, because each person knows that they're going to have their time in the spotlight, as well as to get to talk about it one-on-one. -on -one. I know whenever, I, whenever I'm a GM for regular games, the players are always going to come to me afterwards or call me and say, hey, I have a great idea for my character. Can we do this? So I know that the players in my games for therapeutic games are going to come to me during session and say, hey, I had an idea. And if it can work to help with their therapy, great. If it's just for the game, yeah, okay, great too. But let's see what we can do. How is it going to help you with your therapy? That's really why you're there is to take care of your depression, to help you not be so shy to help you get past the block of whatever abuse you've gone through, whatever they're there for. If it's just there for fun, I, I really can't do much with it. But if they're there to actually get past it, and I make sure they realize that they need to be, and that's one of the things that they sign during session zero, is a paperwork saying, I am committed to working on my issue during game. 
I mean, I realize it's a big fuzzy crystal ball, and I'm not trying to nail you down. But for people that what you know who may not have ever gotten any kind of therapy uh, and have issues that they really want to work on, you know, and are willing to commit to working on those issues, what kind of time period uh, before you see some really, you know, beneficial results do you expect? It it's, it can vary greatly. I mean. I know that. That's why I'm just asking you to give a kind of a, you know, a fuzzy crystal ball answer to this. Because, you know, on one hand, you know, I mean, no one expects it to happen, you know, revelation the first session and and that's it. We're done. Okay. On the other hand, nobody wants to be, um, uh, you know, Woody Allen, who basically has spent his entire life in therapy. Okay. So... What's what's the expectation when people come to you and they have a problem? How long are they committing themselves to? I like to make the, the, the statement that uh, therapists are some of the only people who want to put themselves out of work. So I want to get people through their problems as fast as I can, but in a safe way also. I don't want to just rush them through it. Ballpark figure, I would say anywhere between depending on how bad the problem is, three sessions to uh, I've got some folks that I haven't been seeing for over a year, but it gets to a point when I say, are you sure this is therapeutic for you? Are you actually getting something out of this? Because morally and ethically, I don't know what I'm helping you with now. We've taken care of your problem and you haven't presented me with another. You just come here and want to talk and it's great. You want a sounding board? I'll do that, but understand that's what I'm doing for you. I don't know what problem you want to work on. So it all depends on the person who comes in. If, they, if they're if they pretty quick and committed to that therapy and they want to get that problem done and go on, we can do it in as little as three to four sessions. And that's an hour-long, serious boom, 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 get in there and you know none of the small talk. But it can take anywhere from, like I said, those three to four sessions up to six months to a year depends on how how resistant they are even though they want to work on it there's still that unconscious block to i really don't want to some people we get really comfortable with their pain okay yeah they're really comfortable with the hurt it's like hey i know this i'm afraid to get rid of it because if i do what am i going to replace it with Right. It's an identity problem, right? They don't know who they are without it. Right. You know, a lot of folks say, I- I'm depressed. It's like, no, you have depression. You are not depressed. You have depression. <laughs> if you're depressed, and depression has you. But let's go ahead and say you have depression. Let's start off with saying that. Let's not go with you are depressed. Let's go with you have depression. And that's one of the first steps we'll do for something like that. Getting it so it's not their identity. Once it doesn't become their identity, we can work on what's depressing them while at the same time working on ways to replace that with something else. I can understand that because many people, it, it, it seems I'm almost like the Aspie whisperer because I've helped more than a few people, real, including my, my best friend, Lil. Uh, Bruce, she was on the podcast once years ago when she was here living with me, when she was still mm-hmm. going by her birth name, Ashley. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And just, yeah. it's one of those things, like you said, depression, you can't have it as your identity. I've had to deal with that 
with the friends of mine who come to me and then they realize, oh, dear God, I, you know, I was born this way, too, that and I've had to later tell them that you can't let it. it it's a part of you, but you can't let it define you. And there right. are times that, you know, for the first couple of years I was sorting through, I found out four years before I got my official diagnosis for my former best friend. She told me within a day, did you know you were autistic? And I'm like, huh, excuse me, what? You know, and so after I, you know, reconciled that I have this neurological condition, which is a learning disability, which has, caught, you know, helped cause the temper issues and all this, I had to unlearn that it was my identity. It's like, yeah, my autism is the same that it, as much as that I'm a gamer or I do this or I work in an auto part. It's a facet of you. And with the depression, it's a facet you are trying to help, if not get rid of, then reconcile with. And as you said, there are times where the talk isn't enough that you may have to go to another professional and say, okay, this person needs this and this because, you know, we reached a point where I realize professionally they need this medication in order to help alleviate this. But yeah, not having that particular mental, and I'm not going to say just so, that, that aspect in this case, depression define them because that does help right. you lock in. And it's harder to get out of that. If you embrace that for, you know, like years or decades. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Getting, yeah, getting them to understand that it's part of them, that it's not them, but part of them. Then they can start to say, I can change this part of me. I can remove this part of me and replace it with something else. A lot of times I'll, I'll get asked, why does, a, why does an abused spouse stay with their abuser? And, you know, one of the answers that I know is there is because it's the lesser of two evils in their mind. Yeah, they're getting beat. Yeah, they're getting all this other stuff. But they know what's going to happen. They can mitigate as much as they possibly can. If that goes away, what do they have? They they can have they the great unknown. That again. Yeah, they have the great unknown they have to deal with. Yeah. The devil you know. Am I going to do it again or what? Right, yeah. Yeah, exactly, Jonathan. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you that as a uh, Christian, uh, fairly fundamental Christian, uh, the idea of getting divorced was pretty terrifying. I mean, you're not just you're not just failing yourself; you're failing God when you do that. Is is basically the the way that a lot a lot of people who are have my my beliefs feel. So it's tough, really tough, to make that decision because it affects you at the core of who you think you are. It's a whole lot of pressure on you, and a whole lot of pressure on. It's a whole lot of pressure you're putting on yourself. It's a whole lot of pressure that the church is putting on you, that your family is putting on you. It's sometimes better to just say, I'm going to suffer with this because it's better for that. Better that yeah, way. and then everybody thinks I'm a good person. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, 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 I'm winning more than I'm losing, as you said, the lesser of two evils. You know, Model says, I've had someone tell me I'm staying with this person so they won't hurt, they won't hurt anybody else. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. that's almost like mar they're martyring themselves in a way. Yeah. Yes, they're taking one for the team, man. They're taking. That's that's some that's some next level stuff there.
D&D won't help with that. <laughs> Actually, it could, but mm. they won't get into it because they can't. Well, I mean, if you come in and all you want to do is kill every, you know, kill every other, any NPC on the table, then, uh, you know, I guess it might expiate some anger. You know, being a murder hobo so, is not yeah. entirely bad. <laughs> Oof. I, I know, I, I've seen a lot of justification uh, from people about the idea of there's what's wrong with just coming in and killing some orcs. I actually one time made a character, an NPC, that I thought was going to be the most annoying person on the planet. I mean, I thought they were just going to, because they needed to blow off steam. The players did. And I, I made this character that was so annoying. They adopted, they kidnapped this person to take them with them. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> Again, I, Paul, I gave you this person. <laughs> the best laid plans of mice and men. Nobody knows yeah, this more exactly. than us GMs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's that moment in the movie where you realize the golem is cute. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, leave the chicken lady alone. She's there. You kill her chickens, then you whoop her butt and walk out. No, you take her and the chickens. What are you doing? <laughs> leave the chickens alone. But no, they adopted her and the chickens and took her on the way on the ship. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? But <laughs> you know, it's still. Yeah. And, they, and she makes them porridge every no, morning. Just, no one knows where the egg. No one knows where the eggs actually come. She demanded from. they take her rocking chair, so she just sat there and complained the entire time. Every time they went somewhere, she didn't do anything oh else. Oh my gosh! <laughs> now we're playing Fallout Four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ship's going too fast. Can you slow it down a little bit? <laughs> but yeah, you know, as long as it gives them their, as long as it gives them that little bit of of relaxation or. Even the comedy relief can take the place of being a murder hobo sometimes. So, it, as long as it does what it needs to do, the end can justify the mean. <laughs> you might go a different roundabout way, but you still end up getting to helping your patients. Like, and and you're looking at your your plan there that you have laid out for this patient, and you just want to like yep. rip that whole front page and just throw it away. It's like, well, that was a waste of paper, but hey, it still worked. Yeah. You know. That's why it's uh, only it, two hours long. Yeah, right, yeah. Because <laughs> in six hours, you can do a lot of damage. <laughs> yeah, that's that, That's how my sessions used to be. <laughs> All right, well, Paul, we... No, literally, I mean, you used to play D&D from 2 o'clock in the afternoon till possibly 2 in the mm -hmm. morning. Every Saturday. That's a, that's a younger man's game now, man. We can't <laughs> do it. <laughs> I, I was... Uh, yeah, I was... Uh, uh, I, I was in my 30s. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Those weekend-long yep. Battletech Mech Warrior games. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here oh. we go. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I, we, played those, <laughs> we, we played those at restaurants until they kicked us out. <laughs> Literally kicked us out of the restaurant. The Denny's yep. waitress is sitting yeah, there going, there. we're out of coffee. Go home. Yeah. <laughs> And we're and we're like like we're buying food. What the hell is your yeah. problem? Coffee. Can you make yeah. it for us? <laughs> People are complaining about the dice rolling, and I'm like, it makes a little clatter. It's less than silverware. What is, you know, why are you being? You know, he's like, you can think of me as a dig if you want to. He says, but it's got to stop. And we're like, okay. Then and you roll them on the napkin. Things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's just like no. I mean, obviously, he wanted us to leave, so we did, and we never came yeah. back. So you know, but uh, it w it was it was which was a shame because we were having a good time, yeah. and it really wasn't offending anybody. Yeah, yeah. Two o'clock yeah. in the morning, other than yeah. some 
some, I don't know, somebody. Yeah, and we were playing BattleTech. Oh yeah, we weren't even playing D and D. We literally had our little we had our little maps out, our little statues. I mean, we're talking about the full blown, you know, not the little figurines BattleTech from uh, 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 Wiz Kids. We're talking about the three inch tall, you know, model kits oh, yeah. that oh, you got. You know, okay. Because that's all we had back then. At the beginning, all you could do was go down to your local hobby store and buy those little kits. And yes, they 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 covered like three squares, but you said it's still over this square right here, you know. And then you 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 know roll in your charts and stuff. Well, you know, uh, as you can see, we have lots of geek culture in ourselves. So, Paul, we we we've learned about what you do, but we really don't know who you are. So, why don't you tell us about your geek culture? <sighs> Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> um, that was a lot of it. Which would be? Huh? There's a lot. That covers a lot of territory. What Saturday morning cartoons are you referring yes. to? Yes. Uh, all the ones from the <laughs> 70s, the 80s. Okay, here we uh, go. Yep. Watching, watching cartoons until Soul Train came on. <laughs> or American Bandstand. Yep. Uh-huh. Or American Bandstand. Oh, no. He, yeah, well, no, Channel 7, 12.30, Saturday, you knew cartoons were done. Yep. <laughs> That's when you were out. Time to go outside. Yep, exactly. But, yeah, yeah, all that. And then uh, mom standing there with a shovel school. telling me I've got, I've got 150 feet of hedges to put in. And then coming home after school, all the different things you can watch there. Um, I... There was one show I used to watch on WXON Channel 20, Hammy Hamster. <laughs> no one knows what I'm talking about. Dude, I am a, 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 I am a Detroit area native, and I have never heard of Hammy Hamster. When the hell was that on? It was probably late 70s. Uh, it was a live-action show, and they actually had a live hamster. They had a guinea pig. They had a mouse. They actually had these Where live the critters, and they give them these little voices. <laughs> WXON Channel 20. <laughs> yes, I know of Channel 20. Yeah, at 8 o'clock it used to become on TV. I know the station. Uh-huh. I was born in 1969. Uh, when the hell was this show? I don't remember this. <laughs> I was born in 69 as well. I'd come home from work, and we'd watch uh, we watch Hammy Hamster and then some other show. Then there's a blank, and then we watch the He-Man, She-Ra Power Hour. Okay, I remember then, that, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, there's a there, there's a progression, you know. Most people are probably kind of like Highlander too. They've kind of wiped Hammy Hamster <laughs> from their mind. Probably, <laughs> probably. Just fair, fair, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, no, I've, I, I've picked up culture. I'm surprised you didn't bring up, you know, you being from this area originally. Uh, you know, CBC. You know, yeah. As a kid, I used to watch the Friendly Giant and Mister Dress Up. You know, it's like. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> uh, Red Green. Red Green used to watch yep. that. Oh, yeah. Uh, if, you, if they don't find you handsome, or was it? If they don't find you handsome. If they don't find you handsome, sure they, find, they handy. find you handy. Yep. yep. There we go. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, any kind of pop culture. How about, uh, how about Goulardi and those Goulardi, guys? Count Scary. Oh, remember Count yes. Scary. Ooh, that's scary. Oh, yeah, Tom Ryan, yeah. Scared yep. off my pants. <laughs> yep. He always had a Halloween special, and I think he was yep. with Dick Burton. Not, not with Dick Burton, but same channel. Um, oh, yeah, CKLW. Oh, no, no. Yeah, pe people are sitting there going, oh, God, it's the Detroit memory lane here. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so Saturday morning cartoons, weekday cartoons, 
That means you probably came home, Channel 20, watched Robotech at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday when uh -huh. that was on. Okay, yeah. So, oh, no, no. If, and then, if, with Detroit TV, oh, no, I'm getting the grasp of what all went into this man's brain back then. Okay. <laughs> I actually <All> remember right. <laughs> when, uh, when Star Frontiers first came out as a box set, we drove to Port Huron so I could buy one. Oh, wow. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah. And did it live up to your expectations? I, I still got it. I still got the box set. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. I mean, you never played it? I played it. No, I played it. Oh, I played it a lot. Uh, Zebulon's Guide to the Galaxy, I picked that up. Um, all the different stuff I could for it. I still got my So you really did like it, oh, I loved it. We played it... Uh, I used to go to Yale High School, and uh, shout out to the people who may still be alive, but uh, went to Yale High School, and uh, we used to play, we started off with D&D, &D, but I don't know, they just didn't click with it, so we started playing Star Frontiers, and we're like, hey, I can dig this, and uh, yeah, just some of the some of the folks we had there were, were characters, I, I, you, know, you know that, but uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I still have my original dice, my blue little plastic dice and my little orange die. That you had to color yourself with the coloring with the crayon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So that began my love affair with role playing games, and it just never went away. So all the different things that I could do uh, to pick up any kind of fun culture. Um, I don't want to say I was left by myself as a kid, but I was left to my own devices. So you know, different books. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, different shows, stuff like that. Lord of the Rings. I remember the old. Uh, the old cartoon where they all had loincloths except for the hobbits. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> Rankin, Rankin Bass. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, that was like, oh, this is so amazing. Now look at Peter Jackson's going, what was that crap I just watched way back when? <laughs> this is so much better. <laughs> hey, at least they sang. Well, yeah. <laughs> and lots of songs in those. They did. They did. And loincloths. <sighs> like Thunder of the Barbarian all over again. So... More like was, <laughs> yes. But, you know, I, wherever I could get pop culture, I would get it. Um, as early, as late as uh, 2008 or 2009, when I was in the Army stationed in Korea, I used to work uh, as a paralegal and I okay. worked defense. So I would never go on the town because they'd all be my clients. I'd say, yeah, I, I saw you there doing that. Yeah, okay, I saw you doing that. Come to the office, we'll take care of you. So yeah. instead of, you know, seeing my future clients, I stayed in the in my room and would do classes or look at all different kinds of pop culture that I could. Uh, Mystery Science Theater, full of pop culture there. Oh, uh, yeah. Different, yeah. I actually yeah. watched different animes there. My, one of my roommates, uh, I had a room and he had a room. We shared a bathroom. And I'd often go to his room because he was just an anime fanatic. So I'd pick up anime. What, what, are, we, what are you watching? And he'd tell me what it was, and okay, cool. So, and then going to different conventions, a lot of conventions in Michigan I went to. Uh, Gen Con I went to once, and just, you know, all these different places where I could soak it up because I just, I craved it. I loved it. I still do. Oh, no, uh, so you were, you were of, you were of the era of conclave, contraption. Yep. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those yep. two sadly are gone. Um yeah, I mean, you still have confusion. Mm -hmm. That's up at the Dearborn Holiday Inn near uh, Ford Motor Company headquarters. So you know the area, that Dearborn Detroit border. Yeah, 
And so, yeah. Oh, no. So, the, you know all those cons. Oh, yeah. Okay. I used to run Bureau 13 at all of them. So <laughs> Nice. Uh, did you ever get and, to meet uh, Rich? Rich Tahoka. I did. Okay. I did. All right. Matter of fact, I, uh, I had sent him an email or something because I was actually playing Bureau 13 while we were stationed in Iraq. And uh, I actually, he said, hey, send me a picture of you guys playing Bureau 13. So, you know, I got the group together and we got a picture and I sent it to him and he sent me some dice and some other stuff and all kinds of good stuff. Just kept in contact back and forth with him. And, uh, you know, for the entire time I was there, it was really cool. So, and I, I never got to play in any of his games. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I played in one game, but it was really cool. Okay. Uh, one of the cons. But yeah, I, I got to meet him and, and talk with him and all that good stuff. That was one of the things that Rich, Rich would do. He would tell me that these, these people who, you know, these old ladies would contact him somehow. Oh, my son's in Iraq and he told me all about your games and they play this game, FTL 2448. And on <laughs> his own dime, Rich would just care package, boom, out to Iraq or Afghanistan about, you know, 10, yep. 15 years ago, and they'd be all, and I saw one of the pictures of, like, these, like, dozen or so guys all holding up the old 92 editions of, like, FTL 2448, 013, and all this. And he would do this on his oh, yeah. dime, just, okay, because some old lady heard their son talking about it, and he was off in the service. So, yeah, Rich had a rapport with our our soldiers in the, you know, out there, because he would do this every so often. So, yeah, it, that's why I wanted to ask oh, about yeah. that. You said military. I, that just that, that struck me. But oh yeah, he, yeah. When I was in Iraq, you know, I I actually brought Bureau Thirteen to to Korea, uh, <laughs> Iraq. What else did I play it? Oh, far off Kansas. Those poor people. Um, <laughs> I actually found the Foglio cover Bureau Thirteen in a gaming store in Fairbanks, Alaska. Okay. All right. That's some serious money these yeah, days. Yeah. Yeah. I still got two of them. <laughs> but, yeah, I got that. And you might want to sell one of them at some point. <laughs> no, I can't. Uh, I actually have my uh, the first three original copies of the Bureau 13 books that Nick Pilata wrote. Autograph. Oh, okay. Okay. So, got those stashed away, never to be seen by human eyes again. And uh, Yeah, you know there's four of them, right? Yeah, there's the Abraham Lincoln one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Damn the nation. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't right. get that one. And 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 semi-related, but not really. There's the Great Squid God, or you know, something like mm -hmm. that. So there's he. He also did yep. that. And he had a bunch. Of, matter of fact, I met Nick at a convention. He was on a writers panel, and he told us that he had he used you know other names besides Nick Pilato when he was writing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he did. So in different genres, he said, yeah, I use different names for different genres or just because I want to associate a different name with it or whatever. And, yeah, he, he formulated a lot of my stuff. He, I actually used what he taught in one of the writing conventions in therapy. Oh, okay. He used to talk about bilging. And I use that when I say to someone, do you journal? And they're like, no, I don't journal. I don't write in a diary. I'm like, it's not writing in a diary. Think of a journal as an extension of me, okay? You're writing down your thoughts. You're writing down your feelings. And even if it's not making any sense, just write it down. Nick used to talk about that as being bilging. You'd write every day. 
you'd write good stuff. If you couldn't write good stuff, you'd write bad stuff just to bilge it out. And that stuck with me. And I've used that ever since. Even, like I said, with therapy, if we're telling people how to journal, it's like, write. Even if you've got nothing to write about, tell about how your dog pooped on the carpet, whatever. I don't care. Talk about something in your journal. Bilge. Get it out. And that has resonated with me as well as with him, uh, my, my clients. So, you know, that's one thing that I've taken and I've, I've used quite a bit from gaming culture. Okay. 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 All right. Uh, comics? Where's your tribe there? <laughs> like I said before, everyone knows Batman, Superman, and Spider-Man. The problem comes when you say, which one? Oh, mm-hmm. oh, okay. You mean Ben Riley? Do you mean Peter Parker? Do you mean this one? Which Spider-Man do you mean? Which Superman do you mean? Do you mean the metal one? Do you mean the kid? Do you mean the future one? Do you mean, which one do you mean? Batman. Well, which one do you mean? That's what I got to figure out from them. <laughs> no, I'm just saying though, we're talking about you right oh, now. So all of them. Uh, all. I have like five boxes full of comics. Oh, that's a good all start. plastic wrap. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I got. I had to stop eventually because I had to buy role playing games instead. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, great! Replace yeah, one addiction with another. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, that's 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 you know people who stop smoking and they they start. Yeah, eating. right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, ha- I gave up one addiction for another. I will freely admit that. But you know what? I like to buy dice. You know, <laughs> you know right, oh. right now, I think heroin's cheaper. I think right now, heroin's cheaper than cigarettes, considering all the taxes they put on it. <laughs> no. Probably easier to get, too. <laughs> but We here on yeah, Gaming I on the Frontier do not condone the use of illegal drugs. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Do not Trav. use drugs. Drugs yes. are bad, okay? Throw our disclaimer out there, Trav. Yeah, drugs are bad, okay? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, any kind of... Uh, as far as my comics go, I've always been a Spider-Man guy. I'm a Marvel guy, which leads to the movies. But yeah, I remember back in the 70s watching the old Spider-Man movies where you could see the wire on the guy's back as he's getting pulled. Nicholas up. Hammond. Yep. Oh, no. I remember yep. those. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yo, the old Doctor Strange with Gutenberg. <sighs> the, one, the one where he's being pulled up the side of the building and he's literally taking his arms and legs and moving in tandem right up and down, right, <laughs> left, right, <laughs> left, right, left, you know, completely independent of the actual speed in which he's going up the side. Oh. It's like watching a Scooby-Doo cartoon. Their feet move, but they're sliding. Yes, with the feet running, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the old Captain America where he had the, the wings on his motorcycle helmet. What the hell was that? Um, yeah, fashions of the 70s. Oh, yeah, Reb, Reb Brown. Yeah, I re- see, I remember all those, too. Yeah. we're all, What's that term we use? We're all drinking from the same pop culture soup tureen. Yeah. We okay. Are. We are. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I anytime that I could absorb culture, any kind of pop culture, I would do it. Uh, I'd say my weak point right now is probably anime. So that's why I said I had to do the research for those, too. There's so yeah, much. it really is. Yeah. There really is, but I mean, I, I'm I'm recently watching an anime about two pe- a, bu- a bunch of w- girls that are making anime. That's it's literally about it's anime about making anime. The only oh, one I know about a bunch of girls. Nothing made it there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that you know every, every adventure, every episode, they get to a certain point where they say, well, this is what we want to do. And suddenly they're in the anime. They're doing all the crazy stuff of the anime, you know, talking about how they would animate it. Of course, you're seeing it as they would have animated it. But, of course, they're not that point yet in the actual storyline. They're just talking about it, thinking about it. But, you know, they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff where you're like, you know, wherever they end up, you, you, in the back of your mind was, but how did they actually get there? Because we saw them riding the hovercraft over to that spot, and now they're there. But how did they actually get there, you know? And uh, this was... Uh, it's it, it's an interesting anime. That it's it's uh, it's slice of life, but it's still really you know if I could use a, another reference, a very fooly cooly. Um, well, the only one does that yeah, not mean yeah. anything to you? Nah, I, I got Doku Doku. I got Doku Doku. Well, fooly cooly is is very avant garde. You know, stream of consciousness. Uh, you don't know you don't know what's going on most of the time in the animation. You know, things that are impossible happen on a regular basis. But, you know, and they wave it off. Like, well, aliens. <laughs> aliens. <laughs> oh, like the, the guy with the big... Yeah, 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 him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy with the big hair, yeah. I'm not, yeah. not saying it's aliens, but it was aliens. Aliens, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you have to do aliens. the hands thing, right. too, yeah. <laughs> I just did, too. I was doing, I was doing the hands <laughs> You have you to. Well, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, a lot of my so, video game stuff I get, I get from watching someone like, uh, I don't know if I can say this, but watching uh, uh, PewDiePie, because they play all the different games, Markiplier. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's a streamer. Yeah. All those different... I, I don't particularly like him, it's his style, but uh, there's other streamers that I've watched and enjoyed. Markiplier yeah, sure. does a lot of different games that oh, most yeah. people wouldn't see. Oh, no, I've, I've oh, heard a lot about Markiplier from Amber. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm familiar with him. Well, yeah. see, my point of view is very simple, and that is is that I'm not going to buy every console that's out there. So anything that is console specific, you know, like The Last of Us or some of the other ones, the only way I'm ever going to see it is by watching somebody else play it. Living vicariously, yep. Well, to me, it's just like watching a movie, but with, a, as you say, a lot of meta going on at the same time because the player is also commenting about some of the stuff that's going on in the story. Uh, so it's almost like, you know, uh, and if you throw in the comment section, especially if it's streaming and it's live, it really is a lot like watching a movie with a bunch of noisy you know, uh, roommates who would normally just, you'd hate because they're talking while the show is on. <laughs> it's like, um, uh, but yeah, it's like that. It's, it's, uh, I, I've really enjoyed that, uh, at times. Uh, yeah. So you're on, you see, so you're on Twitch and, and other things like that. Keep, uh, keeping up. Huh? I, I try to, and if I can't, then I do have, uh, other places where I can find the information. Uh, for instance, I'd never watched Alinity. I, I never watched her Twitch stream or anything. I know about her from PewDiePie and Markiplier. So oh, yeah. Yeah. a lot of, a lot of uh, degrees of separation helped me a lot. <laughs> Do you consider yourself to be uh, healthy? Mentally or physically? <laughs> 
Or, <laughs> yeah, mentally, are you one of those guys that you know that that basically, as soon as you get done having a session with somebody, you go and check your watch and say, "Oh yeah, my session's coming up. I got to get across town." My session is I go home and I play Lord of the Rings online. <laughs> That's my therapy session. Because a lot, of, too many therapists in this area know me, <laughs> so I have to go to like Denver, and even then, they know me. So, I uh, if I can find somebody who doesn't know me, or I can talk to someone I went to school with, or one of the folks I used to work at a prison, also doing therapy at a prison. Oh wow! But that's a whole different that's a whole different uh, podcast. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, what, a couple of the folks that I worked with there sit back and just toss ideas back and forth in kind of a pseudo therapy session. And that can help a lot too. But to be honest, I, I feel that I'm pretty, pretty self aware. I know when I've got some issues, if not, someone will tell me, Hey, you're being a, a douchebag, cut it out. And I analyze it, realize where I'm being a douchebag and change the behavior. So yeah, <laughs> my therapy is video games or GMing role playing games, just keeping my mind active. Well, Paul, we're very glad that you're out there, you know, as I say, doing the, uh, you know, doing the good job, you know, uh, doing the good work, uh, because, you know, I mean, you know, everyone here understands how, you know, we all need help, and we're glad you're able to reach out to the people in our community uh, in a way that's effective, and we appreciate you coming on and telling us all about that. Thank you for having me. I greatly uh, appreciate being here. Because I didn't, until you basically you know, uh, contacted me on Facebook, I had no idea about this. Mm -hmm. So that's just been a great revelation to all of us. And uh, we hope that, uh, uh, that this gets out to a lot of people and they, uh, you know, they, they know that they have some options that, might not be cons that they might not have known about before. And uh, and that is a, a perfectly um, uh, it, it's authorized. You know, I mean, this kind of this kind of technique or whatever is part of you know what a normal therapist would use. So you don't have to feel like you you know can't stay within your uh, healthcare plan right. to, in order to take part in it. Right. So that's good news too. So uh, <laughs> we wish you the best. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you if you ever think that you have something else that you want to bring to us and and let us know uh, if there's any breaking news in uh, in this area, you are welcome to come back and uh, and participate as little or as much as you want. Uh, you know, we can have a little update session, or we can even do a lot more if there's something that you think is worth really talking about. We appreciate when our guests and our um, and our audience. Uh, lets us know what they really care about, so that we can, you know, provide more content in that direction. I, I greatly appreciate that. And just anything that I can do, by all means, let me know. But I'll definitely keep you updated. Um, and, and until then, uh, what was it that that Richard said? Maybe now that you've joined up the fans of uh, Gaming on the Frontier podcast uh, website on Facebook, maybe you can encourage some of those people to actually. Post <laughs> yeah. to that area because mostly what we see is me posting. Hey, this is the latest episode that dropped, and they and 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 I'll get a we'll get a bunch of thumbs up and maybe even a heart every once in a while, but nobody ever comments on them. <laughs> We're like, okay, we we talked for two, we talked for an hour about this and you got nothing for us. Okay, <laughs> well we hope you're enjoying it. 
We hope that you're getting something out of it. And uh, and thank goodness uh, we're going to just keep on keeping on, you know, until we, uh, uh, as long as we can. So we'll have more stuff for you guys next week. But until then, this is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.